your short track racing connection. Broadcasting from the Claremont Motorsports Park Studios, this is the Turn 4 Podcast. Look for us every Tuesday where all major podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at Turn 4 Podcast. And now, DJ and Zach, take it away. Green, green, green. All right. So this week's guest on the Turn 4 Podcast, J.B. Fortin. Uh, JB, we were hoping to have a little bit better, uh, more to talk about from Riverhead last <laughs> night. You had a little bit rough go of it, but... Uh, yeah. So... Give us a little bit of backstory. When did you actually start racing? Uh, so I started racing when I was uh, 14 years old in go-karts. Um, when I was really younger, I dabbled in like a little bit of open carts, but just didn't really fit me. And I played football and lacrosse and all that stuff. And then both me and my sister, when we were 14 years old, she was 15, I was 14. We said to my dad that we wanted to go racing because, you know, we were helping him at the racetrack every weekend. And we were like, we want to do some kind of racing. So uh, we both went into go-karts racing at Riverhead which is like the New Hampshire Motor Speedway of go-karts because yeah. you're pretty much to the floor the whole time. You know I mean? Well, in a modified, you're not to the floor the whole time in New Hampshire, but it's like, you know, same idea, drafting, all that stuff. Yep. But um, that's where me and her started. I got a few wins in the go-kart. Um, and my sister Amber, I think, was she said she was on your show at one point. I don't know if you guys remember or not. I don't know. She said that she was on this podcast at one point, like years ago. I don't know. Oh, uh, We haven't been going for No, she might have been on... Um... Is there another Turn 4 podcast, maybe? Or something oh, there was Turn at one 4 point? Productions. Yeah, There's... they're out of Stafford. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She was on that one at some point uh, years ago, though. Yeah, yep, that um, makes sense. been doing it a while. Yeah, he's been doing it yeah, a while. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was on that podcast. But, uh, yeah, so she raced, you know, she raced go-karts with me as well. And then she went up to a modified. And I went up to a modified when I was 17 years old. So that's how everything started out. So when you start out at 17, 18 years old, was it Riverhead only that you raced at? Yeah, so uh, my first time I ever drove a modified, so to speak, uh, was actually this guy, Frank Saladino. Uh, he's an old-time racer. He actually owns uh, that Richie Evans um, uh, replica car. Yeah. I don't know if you guys That's ever sick. seen that. It's like it, there's that Riverhead once in a while. That's his car. Yeah. So he, he actually <laughs> said to me one night, uh, I was there. I, I practiced my dad's car, and he's like, listen, uh, I don't really want to race tonight. Do you want to drive my car? So I was like, hell yeah, man. I've never raced before. Let's go, you know, let's go for it and see what can happen, you know? So I think I ended up, I think it was like 26 car field, 28 car field. I think I ended up like 18th or so, whatever the case was. But that was how I started. I started out driving for him for a couple races. And then finally, you know, that car was kind of not really a great car. And my dad was like, well, why don't you just run my car um, when you're here? I was bouncing between college and high school. You know, I was at the end of high school there going, doing college courses and stuff. So I wasn't racing a lot, but I just did it part-time on the weekends and then uh, ran his car once in a while. And then I think in, so it would have been 2012, I got my own modified. Me and my dad put something together. He had some old parts. We slapped the car together and then I went full-time racing. So. Nice. Nice. So when i'm assuming you don't go straight to the tour right you start out lo with local stuff no yeah so i didn't go to the tour until 2019 right so you had so that was my first so you had seven full-time seasons at riverhead before. uh it wasn't full-time because like i said i was bouncing back and forth between college and stuff i did a year in college and then i was doing uh i went, actually ended up dropping out of college and i went to hvac school 
because it just wasn't i wanted to be a doctor and it just wasn't the way it wasn't going the way i planned it to go <laughs> you want to be a doctor uh, I had a, nice. yeah i wanted to be an anesthesiologist when i was younger yeah. but uh it was just too much i was gonna have to go out of the country for med school and i was like nah this isn't for me so i ended up going to hvac school so in the midst of doing all that i kind of bounced back and forth between full-time race and i you know even cost wise i didn't have big sponsors and like that everything was out of pocket so it wasn't working full-time it was kind of hard you know yep so um I think I have maybe uh, at this point, I think I've eight full years in a modified when I figured it out yep. between how many races I ran and stuff. Yep. But yeah, I think it was 2000. So I graduated high school in 2012. So 2014 was my first full season in a modified. How'd you do? So, and then we actually, no, it had to be 2013 was my first full season in a modified. That's what it was. 2013 was. You get any wins that first year? Uh, no, I did have a bunch of seconds. We actually ran evergreen in Pennsylvania full time that year. And I had a bunch of second place finishes and top fives. I think I ended up fourth in points. My sister ended up third in points. My dad ended up second points. So it was a pretty, (laughs) pretty cool year. That's not a bad season for the Fortin household. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. But, um, so what, so what kind of drives the kind of talk to us a little bit about what drives the push to go from local stuff to to the tour so um in 2018 uh i actually got into it one of the local guys who kind of went at it all year in the beginning of the year he dropped out of racing for the like the mid part of the year and i was running i think i was fourth in points or third in points and my dad was second and uh it was like four or five races to go in the season and this guy shows back up again and he ends up taking me out of a race Oof. so I got kind of pissed in the pit area and I threw a water bottle at his car. Probably wasn't the best moment of my, my career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, could have been worse, but it was a water bottle and they ended up suspending me for the rest of the season. So took me right out of the points. I was like, at that point, what am I doing? I ended up going to uh, um, Lake Erie Speedway yep. and running the ROC series race. There. They had that 250. Yeah. It was the second time I ran that race. Um, and then after that, I just said to my dad over the winter, I think I just want to go run the tour. So 2019 was the first year, and I said, let's go do it, see what we could do. So, so now for people that are up this way, so obviously like our weekly mods are 604, crate motors, blah, blah, blah. Riverhead, my understanding, Riverhead is full-blown wheel and modified tool rules. They, we have both. Okay, so we you have do have both. both. Yeah. yeah. I think they use what's called a 602 crate motor, I think. Yep. For the Yeah, so that's what they run. Uh, they have a crate modified division and a tour modified division okay yeah the crate the crate mods last night uh kind of tore some stuff up right? yeah i didn't yeah. see it. i heard it was a mess so <laughs> yeah. my dad went up and watched it i, I try to focus on him at the track I try yeah. to, you know I, I like to watch the racing but when you're into tour races you got to kind of really stay you know super focused and pay attention to everything you know what i mean for sure but um yeah the, when i started racing there was no crate mods so i literally went like i said we own modifieds my dad had three modifieds at that point so it was like why buy anything else when i just go on a modified right makes you know? sense so it makes sense but it was also like the toughest thing ever because most guys like even like example would be like timmy salamito came out of riverhead he went from a uh charger car which was kind of like a pro stock to a legends car and then into a modified i never had that jump you know what i mean it was straight go-kart to a modified and that your brain kind of can never wrap around how you know the speed and the and the closing rates and stuff you know so it took me two or three years just to get used to that you know yeah and That's riverhead's crazy. a gnarly racetrack too like it's not yeah. it's not this easy place that you got a lot of runoff and like you got all kinds of room to make mistakes either yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, th- I say to everybody, if you could race a riverhead, you could race anywhere because things happen so fast that like you go to these bigger tracks, like you go to Thompson, Stafford, the stuff just doesn't happen as fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, you know, it it helps you. That's why mo- if you if you notice most of the guys, even Justin Fontenoy is at a riverhead. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? He's used to like short tracks and he's, he's very good at short tracks and stuff like that. And not take away from other guys, you know, Kobe's great. He came out of up by you guys and stuff like that. Yep. But, but uh, yeah, the short, the, the riverhead just makes your, your, your reaction speeds faster, you know? Yeah. But that was my first time. Uh, yesterday was my first time actually ever seeing river. We watched it together on the, on flow and uh, it's truly a, uh, that's a bull ring. Like oh, yeah, that's the only is, way yeah. to describe it to people who haven't seen it or didn't get to watch it. It was truly a bull ring. The, the thing is, too, is it's changed a lot because they paved it a few years back. Oh, and, okay. like, when I started racing there, there was no grip. I mean, it was slow. We used to run, you know, a 12-4 was a fast time. Now this guy's, I mean, I don't know if you guys seen the, the times. There was guys in the 12, I mean, 11 fours. Now yeah. you picked up a whole second. I mean, a second in racing's a lot. Yeah. Especially you know, at a track so, that size. <laughs> yeah, so a second's a lot. You know what I mean? You start flying around and, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, they, right now they're kind of – they're putting like that uh, – I don't know if it's VHT they're putting down or whatever they're putting down. And I feel like it's kind of hurting the racing. You know what I mean? Because, like, the outside groove kind of kills the bottom. And, you, you know, you have to use the more of the racetrack off the bottom to try to get the guy. You know, I ran a weekly race there uh, would, have, would have been like three weeks ago. And uh, the bottom was just terrible. They coded the outside groove, and it was just terrible. You're just getting killed on the top. Okay. So every restart, if you start on the bottom, you're screwed. You yeah. know what I mean? You fell back six, six, seven cars, you know? So It's interesting to watch you guys pass down there, too, because you got to take some pretty pretty diamond yeah. attempts if you're trying to shoot the bottom on somebody up there or down there. Yeah, you got to kind of – like I, I, I was – I kind of got good at it pretty much right off the bat just because I ran go-karts there, and that's who – like my dad – in the old school days with the way the track was before it had grip, you know, now that they paved, it, it's a little different, but when it didn't have grip, you used to be able to just drive it in on the bottom, dime in the corner and drive it up off. Yeah. Cause nobody really had any grip, but now that they paved the place, you kind of have to hang the corner out wider, enter higher than the guy in front of you and kind of get that cross in the center and drive under, you know what yeah. I mean? But, um, it's, it's challenging, you know, and you never know. It's the type of place where you never know what's going to happen at night because the track changes so much at night. So you have to you have to make the correct adjustment, especially for a tour race like last night. It's you just never know what decision to make. You know what I mean? If you yeah. over tighten it up, then you're screwed in the middle of the race, and then you're fighting. You know what I mean? It's just it's a weird place. Yeah. So you go. You said 2019 is your first year that you go tour racing. Did you attempt every race on the tour in 2019? I missed uh, the first race of the year. Uh, I think it was Myrtle Beach. Yep. Um, we own a fuel oil business, so I just, I couldn't get away. Yeah. Um, uh, we were just too busy at work and, uh, I do all the, all the installs and I also do service. And then if they're really busy, I also have a class A, so I'll drive the oil truck if I have to. But, um, yeah, we were just slammed. So there was no way we could make Myrtle beach happen. And then South Boston was my first race of the year, uh, for that year. So now that you've done some traveling, so you've been on the tour, this will be your fourth season on the tour at this point. So you've yeah. obviously, like you alluded to, you've been to Stafford, Thompson, uh, South Boston. Did you go to New Smyrna this year? Yes. Yep. So you've been up and down the East Coast. And again, I'm obviously, take Riverhead out of the equation at this point. Where's where's some of your favorite places to go run at this point? 
I really like South Boston, actually. Um, we ran down there with the Smart Tour this year as well. I don't know if you guys seen that on yep. Flow. Or I think it was on Flow, right? I'm pretty sure it was Either on Flow. Yeah. Racing America. It was on one or the other, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was on one it. of them. Yeah. But uh, we ran Richmond, and then we went to, to South Boston. That place is just – it's kind of similar to Riverhead. Like, you drive it hard in, hard off, and uh, it's just a little more racy. Like, you have more room to race, you know what I mean? So, from the even from the first time I went there in 2019, I kind of just picked it up. You know what I mean? I, I We were actually running, I think, in the top 10 in 2019 at Blue Power Steering Line. Oh. So there was a brand new car and we just, it was, I put the car together. I didn't put the line together. Right. It was my own fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> Learning. You learn now, you know what I mean? You check everything over a hundred times, but uh, yeah, that one was tough, but we went back to this time. We were pretty good. Um, I think we ran with Matt Hirschman for most of the race and then we came down for a tire and we just made a bad adjustment, but um, that's probably one of the cooler tracks I've ever been on. And then uh, I really love Lake Erie Speedway. Yeah. I always tell everybody if you could ever catch a race there, it's, four lanes of racing really you know? four lanes yeah i mean oh. it's it's four lanes on on, on a with good guys yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? like yeah. uh I, I had it Heard. back like that was that would have been 2018 when i ran there the first time uh, i was running with uh hirschman zacharias and tony hanbury and we went four wide into the corner and came out two wide wow. and it was pretty cool you know what I mean? It was like, ah, is this going to work? And then you came out of the corner and it's stuck. We were like, ah, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's a cool place. Nice. So can we talk a little bit about, you brought up last night when you were running that river for people that don't know, we're recording on Sunday. So the, the Wayland Toro race was last night. Can you, what, so they didn't show us on flow. What, what happened, happened to you? They just cut to you. Yeah, getting out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um I got so it would have would have been the lap before I was underneath somebody and they kind of pinched me to the bottom and I got a little sideways. Um I fell back a couple spots and uh the guys that I fell back behind, um, they're kinda iffy. I'm not gonna give names of who it was, yeah, but yeah. they're just kinda yep. iffy racers that probably shouldn't be running a tour race there. But um they got together with each other and I seen it happen and I checked the break and I guess Donnie Lee was behind me yep. yeah. and not to blame him. He hasn't been in a modified in three years. It is what it is, but I don't know if he didn't see it happen. And I kind of went to go high on it and I was kind of pretty much stopped and just got plowed into the wall. So, I mean, uh, that's kind of what happened. It is what it is. It's just short track racing. You tracks block. You have nowhere to go. It is what it is, you know, yeah, one of those but, times. um, yeah, that's just what it was. So I, I bent the steering wheel. That's how hard I hit the wall. Wow. So it was, oh, shit. yeah, I've, ne I've never bent the steel steering wheel before. It was pretty. Because <laughs> the worst part is on flow. We were actually sitting there watching, knowing that we were going to talk to you tonight. And I'm yeah. like, well, the car doesn't look that bad from flow. Yeah, of we course, had a pretty decent car. Yeah. The car yeah. didn't I, look I thought, bad. And then you're yeah. in, you were, it didn't actually look like the front end was actually in the wall at this point when flow got over to you. So I'm like, actually, he looks like as soon as they get him yeah. unhooked, he's going to be able to go back out. And then all of a sudden you got out and I'm like, well, he knows better than we do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it broke the, uh, the rack bolts. Wow. So Damn, it, that's I guess the way I hit the wall, cause it, like I said, I bent the steering wheel. Cause I guess I was holding the wheel so hard. I bent the steering wheel and I guess the way it hit the wall, it just ripped the rack bolts out and it, like bent the rack mount. Wow. So we were going to try to put a rack in it, but at that point it wasn't going to sit right. It's just not worth, you know, fighting it, causing more damage. Yeah. And the steering wheel was bent, like I said, so yeah. that would have been turning it like, you know, <laughs> it wow. yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I'll take some pictures and send it over to you guys. It's pretty, yeah. I mean, and we tried to straighten it some and it's still like cocked pretty bad. Yeah. So I got to buy a steering wheel, but wow. So now 
again, so I kind of stalked you a little bit more on social media after we kind of agreed that we were going to come on this. So I noticed you, you've got an Islip, is it Islip, Islip? How do I pronounce that? Islip. Islip. You've got an Islip 300 win. Yeah, this past uh, year, uh, at the end of the year, last November. Last November? I, uh, picked up, yeah, I picked up the win, yeah. So for anybody yeah, that doesn't cool. know, where's that race held? That's at Riverhead. At Riverhead. That's at Riverhead. So it's yeah, 300 yeah. lapper, correct? Yes, 300 laps. And you won it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was cool. Man. I mean, uh, I think I started uh, 12th, I think, or something like that. And I kind of thought we were in trouble because we were in like the the uh, the bee's nest, as I call it. You know what I mean? Especially on a weekly <laughs> a weekly series race. It's basically a weekly series race. I mean, you had a lot of tour guys there. Justin came. Uh, Ryan Priest was there. Yeah. Uh, I think Silk was driving for somebody. It was a bunch of tour guys there too, but oh, Jimmy Blue was there. I forgot about him. Jimmy Blue was there. So it was a bunch of guys that don't normally run there, but when you're in the middle of uh, those weekly guys, it's, it's just a bee's nest. You know what I mean? Like you never know where they're going to go. Yep. So I started 12th and kind of rode around. I fell back to like 16th and then we started pitting and stuff like that, making adjustments as the race went on. And I think it was like a long green flag run. And I went from, I think I pitted for a tire and then I went from like 18th to 4th. Wow. And I was like, damn, we're, we're, we're good. And then we pitted with the leaders, and I ended up making a big move on Ryan Priest, took the lead, and then that was it. Pretty much checked out and held off, held off everybody and won the race. It was pretty cool. So you've kind of carried that momentum into this year because you've had some pretty good runs with some kind of bad luck as far as yeah. stuff goes yeah. on. Um, again, not to bring up like bad wounds, but like Lee, you were having a hell of a day down at Lee. Yeah. Um, when late in the race that jumbled up and everything happened, but did, did you guys like buy a new car? Did something change? Like what kind of clicked in the last six, eight months? It's like really driven you guys to be towards now top five runners pretty much almost every week. So the ice of 300 was pretty much a big turning. I mean, landed last year, we had a couple of good runs too, not great runs, but we were starting to get better. We're just trying to build a notebook. You know what I mean? It's the biggest thing with this is if you don't have a notebook, some of these guys have been doing this for 40 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and my, my crew chief, that's now helping me, Kenny Lechner. Um, he's been doing it since I think the late seventies. So he's just starting to bring back some older, older things and try stuff. And we're starting to figure these cars out. I mean, this is only, like you said, I, I think we got this car. This Fury car would have been, uh, what was COVID year? 20, what's 2020, 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. That year, which which like this is considered my fourth year in a tour, but that was really a waste yeah. because we went to tracks that we've never even seen before. You know what I mean? And White nobody mountains. had notebook before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. I like that place. So the first time we went there, I sucked. The second time, because it's like Riverhead, I, I figured it out. You know, it was pretty cool. Yep. But um, yeah, so those places were never probably we won't ever go back to, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. But uh so we just with the that was my first year with the Fury car was that year. And then last year was the second year. Now this is the third year. So we're just starting to figure the car out. And the, the ISO 300 was a big turning point. We just found some things that worked and that I like to feel in the car. And it just clicked. You know what I mean? So we've just been bringing it to this year and trying to just keep that momentum going, you know? Yep. Yeah. So I, I hate to be the guy to do this, but can we talk a little bit about the lease, the lease situation? Yeah. For those that weren't so... so for those that were not, uh, did not watch it, you were having a great run, leading a lot of it, didn't you? No, I didn't lead. I got to, I got to second. You, I was gonna say you. I felt like you I were started, in the top uh, three, top four, pretty much most of the day, though. Yeah. Yeah, I started fifteenth, and then uh, actually, I told Tommy Catalano before the race, I was like, dude, I'm, 
I, I could just tell him practice what kind of car we had. I was like, we're going to be good. I was like, I'll punch the holes. Just follow me through. I mean, me and the Catalanos, we get along really well. I spotted for Tommy's mom, Amy at Spencer last year. Like they're just really cool people. So we get along. But uh, yeah, I told him, I was like, for the race, I was like, just follow me through, man. I'm going to get up in the top five. I, I, there's no doubt about it. This place is just like Evergreen, which I have a full season at. And Matt, that's where Matt Hershen races too. Yep. Yep. But uh, yeah, we, uh, I just knew right away we were going to have a good car there. And uh, we just started, I started picking them off. I got into the top five, rode around there for a little while. And uh, I just felt like in the middle of the race there, we kind of, we were kind of like, I don't know, we needed like a small adjustment. So when we came down for those pit, you know, that we had like pit stops there, Yep. the team, I said, to, I said to them what the car was doing. I think we were like a little free up off or something like that. And uh, I just said to them, we got to fix that. And if we fix that, we got a race car, we got a, you know, a car to win tonight. And uh, they made the right adjustments. We got some tires put on the car and then we just came through the field again and, and we're up to second and Justin spun himself out. <laughs> but yeah. uh, <laughs> that. I said, I said, I said to him, I said to, I actually was sitting with him at uh, Jennerstown because they had that special NASCAR salutes thing for all the, yep. the, the soldiers and stuff. And uh, there was like a special autograph session. And I said to him, uh, for a three-time champion, you're going to tell me that you sp- that you spun out on accident? Come on, man. I go, you know, I don't spin out on my own, and I, I don't have nearly the experience that you have, so come on, man. But he was like, no, 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 man. I just lost it. I go, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're, you're never going <laughs> to get the truth. <laughs> yeah, I go, come on, man. You didn't spin out on your own, you know? But, uh, yeah, so that, that was a tough break there when he spun, and then uh, we kind of got shuffled around there, and just it is what it is. Yeah. You know, some guys, you know, I talked to them afterward. They, you know, they all claim, you know, it's an accident. Stuff happens. I'm like, whatever. It is what it is. It's just hard racing. I don't get upset about it. I just move on to the next race. You know what I mean? And that's just what I do. But yeah. Well, that was definitely some, some tough luck for you there. Yeah. So, uh, every, I know the, uh, we're, we're big on, on Twitter and following you guys and the tour on Twitter is really a, a great, tool that we have and everybody was kind of pulling for you because correct me if i'm wrong but your whole team is just it's a family-based team right there's not a whole lot that there's not a whole there's not a thousand people running around like bees right no no i have uh i have two guys that uh that have been helping me since riverhead days um this guy nasio and then this guy jason they've been helping me since riverhead but um rest of it's my dad and then kenny our crew chief and my sister's spotting for me now so that race, she wasn't spotting from me. We had a, a different guy uh, from up by you guys, actually. He lives in New Hampshire. Um, this guy, Rich Herzig, he actually used to live on Long Island as well. But he was spotting for me there at Lee. But, uh, yeah, now my sister's been spotting for me. That's where we got the top three at Jennerstown. That was pretty cool having my sister's spot, you know. Yep. And she's a race car driver, so she knows, you know, what to look for and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's mostly just a family thing. We don't have crazy big sponsors. We just, we just race this, you know. Yeah. I just like to go out and race, and that's it. Yeah. And I'll tell. So I actually spotted down at Manadnock for a fellow competitor. It's it's an entirely different ball game from going from spotting a weekly stuff to what it yeah. happens on the tour. It happens it happens quicker. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you have the I've spotted for my you know my dad back in the day. I never spotted for him for a tour race. I've spotted for him for other stuff. Um, I actually have more wins as a spotter than I do as a driver, which is kind of sad. But, <laughs> but uh, I'll be the first to admit that. But yeah, it's you know it is what it is. But uh, 
it's the tour stuff. The problem is that they, they, they start yelling at you over the radio. So you're trying to listen to what the officials are saying, you know, especially if you're, you're getting lapped or something like that, you know what I mean? And it's just a lot going on, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, and they, I feel like in the, on the tour, you get lapped faster than you would in any kind of weekly race. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just the way they roll the pace. I don't know. It's just, it's just different. Yep. You know? Yeah. The, you guys do tend to click off laps pretty, yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. Once you guys get in a groove. Yeah. Once well, it was you... Jennerstown. I was like, you know, I was running third for the whole race pretty much at Jennerstown. I was like, Jesus, these top two guys, like they were pulling away from me and I was clicking pretty good laps, you know? Yeah. They were reading me some lap times as I was racing because I just like that sometimes when I'm by myself. And I was like, damn, we're running like practice times where we're beat. Like I wasn't even driving that hard, but we were clicking off some like pretty fast laps. It's like, damn, this is like practice laps. Like what the hell's going on here? You know? And Jennerstown was um, a good race too. Yeah. 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 We had a good run there. We same thing. We kind of made a bad adjustment on the pit stop, just tighten the car up too much. And it was a 50 lap shooter at the end. And you, you know, you want to make it to the 50, you know, the last 50. So you, you know, what, what do you do? Do you tighten it up or do you go with what you had? You know, it was kind of, it was kind of on me. It was a miscommunication with the crew chief. I said to him that it was, uh, I think it was lap 98 when the caution came out of Jennerstown. I said to him that we just started getting a little free on entry. So he took it as maybe we should tighten the car up and, it just was too tight for that 50 lap shootout. But, uh, but, um, yeah, we, you know, we're getting there. We have some, we had some good runs this year. It's just got to get better luck. You know? Yeah. What's your, um, what's your next race? Is that Loudon or do you guys have one in between there? Uh, wall stadium. Would That's be right. The next wall stadium. Race. Yeah. It's up in the air. I might run Riverhead this weekend for like a, just a regular weekly show. Um, there was that, I don't know if you guys heard that whole thing. I, last year when I won the 300, I also won that, uh, Teddy Christopher cup. Yep. It was like, it was like a little mini championship. I won that as well. So we already ran one of those races this year. And then this weekend coming up is another race for that. So it doesn't pay any money or anything like that, but it's cool. You know, it's like a championship. You still get a trophy. I mean, it's, it's cool. Bragging rights. But yeah. Teddy Christopher is like the goat of modified races. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I guess I can't say the goat, but. (laughs) <laughs> he's uh my first year on the tour was the first time i ever really had a conversation with teddy yeah. and uh we were at stafford and i just said to him uh you know i didn't know anything about stafford never even seen the place before so i asked him like you know how do you get around this place and he said listen kid i'm gonna tell you the, the honest truth he goes i'm not the guy to ask because i drive the shit out of it no matter what the case is <laughs> <laughs> so i was like all right I mean, it was worth a shot asking. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not the guy to ask because I just drive in as hard as I can. So I was like, all right, man, which is true. Everybody, I mean, my crew chief used to work with him back in the day too. And he said that Teddy literally always drove it as hard as he could. Yeah. He's like, if if anybody ever told him to dig, he would tell you to to, to fuck off essentially because he's driving hard every (laughs) single lap, you know? So like. He, there's no dig, dig, dig. It's I'm driving it every lap as hard as I can. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So classic. Teddy. I was gonna say Teddy was always funny. So um, my uh, my grandfather actually was a Bush North race official, and we were out to Watkins Glen one year. I was probably like 12 or 13, and Teddy was at Outback Steakhouse having dinner with his crew members, and we went. And my grandfather knew I was a big fan, and the flagman Warren Alston knew I was a big fan. So we walked over, and Teddy took my took a picture with me and whatnot. And I was like, I said twelve thirteen, and Teddy's just like, I'll give you one piece of advice, kid. You ever go outside of Connecticut? Don't tell me you're a Ted Christopher fan. They'll pour beers on you. They don't care. <laughs> sure. Like just these nonchalant sure. one-liners all the time. 
dude. He was, he was a funny guy. Like I said, once I met him and I, you know, I, I've heard of him before that, you know what I mean? I knew he was, he was a big time winner. He won a lot of tour race and stuff, but after meeting him, it was just, you know, and then he actually ran at Riverhead, uh, for a little while. He was driving, I think Wayne Anderson's car when he retired. Um, and then he, uh, hooked up with Chris Young. He's a local guy at Riverhead, which he ran Saturday night too. He was in the 49. Yep. Uh, he used to run legends. So they had a backup legend car and they threw Teddy Christopher in it one night. Jesus. That guy came in. I'm telling you, he had to come in the pits probably like 13 times for front bumpers. Cause he just kept clearing the bumpers there's off. A, there's a I mean, you can't shocker. you can't really hit people with those bumpers. I drove one at one point too, and you if you lean on somebody, it just sends the bumper off the car. But yeah. I'm telling you, he was just trying to pound his way through the field. I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever watched. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, That's yeah, he hilarious. was a character. Well, I yeah, I mean, I think we got to uh, kind of get to the meat to, meat of the potatoes here. Um, the big the big uh, reason we reached out was obviously we watched the Monadnock race um, yeah. and we were watching to the very end. And then I think everybody's kind of aware about what happened. Yeah. And like I said, we're, we're Twitter guys and one of your crew members actually. Yeah. One of your crew members. Well, that was later on. That was commented on it. Yeah. 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 Yep. But uh, Twitter went nuts. Yeah. So, can you, can you kind of just give us the rundown of that race and just kind of put us in your seat of what you saw and what happened? So uh, from what, what happened with me, I was just terrible in that corner all, all day. I kept okay. getting loose in. I don't know what – we. I just couldn't figure it out. That place is very difficult. The corners are totally different. Yeah. Um, the one corner is like, like a river head, and the other corner is like – I can't even explain it. It's banked. It's uh, – I just couldn't figure it out. I kept getting in there. And a couple of times when I was out by myself, I'd get in there and I'd get down on the bumps and it would snap the car sideways. And I'd almost, if somebody's on the outside of me, I would have stuffed them because it right. just, the car would just go out of control. So um, at the end there, Matt had came up on me and I was trying to arc the corner more on entry. Like obviously everybody's seen the video. I was trying to arc the corner more going down into, into three there, just that way I didn't get on the bumps and, and wreck them. And when we got down in there, he kind of like, we both kind of touched and we both got sideways and it ripped the wheel out of my hand. Uh, so at that point, it's it's either drive over his hood or, because if you lift, you're driving over his hood. There's yeah. no doubt about it. When you're sideways like that and you lift in a modified, the thing just grips and you drive over their hood. So anybody that's never driven a modified, they never know that. But I've been in that situation and I've done it. Yeah. And I just, I'm not destroying a car to, to, you know, just to have that happen or destroy him. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Um. And that's how I viewed it in that situation. We came out of the corner and my spotter, which is my sister, you know, she's a rookie spotter. She was screaming, like literally screaming on the radio inside out. Like I'm three wide. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yep. And Justin was on the inside. And once Justin cleared me, I shot to the bottom to get the hell out of Matt's way. And he already committed. I didn't know what the point at that time I'm in the car. She didn't, you know, it happened so fast. You got four seconds. That whole thing happened within four or five seconds. Yep. Yeah. If you not, know, if you look at it on last. TV, it's four or five seconds. That whole thing happened. You know, so she was screaming at, you know, inside, outside, blah, and I shot to the bottom to get the hell out of his way. And at that point, it was already too late. And that's why people say, oh, you're trying to block them. That, that had nothing to do with it. I'm not going to block somebody out of a win. That it, First of all, anybody that, that says that I blocked them, if they think I'm that talented to make them only lose one position, then I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, without wrecking them and make them lose one spot, I mean, um, you know, I got to be a pretty good race car driver then. I don't know. But – 
it definitely was not intentional and it is what it is. It's just, it wasn't, I ran out of talent. And it is what it is. So that's how I left it with everybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we saw the, and we saw the press release. It did sound like, I don't think you're just a racing deal. Yeah. Like it just yeah. made the, he wrong. doesn't view it. He doesn't view it as that, but yeah. you know, he, 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 he we, we had a good rate. I thought we had a good race in South Boston. I shook his hand and, Afterward, he, I guess I didn't see his speech till after the race. I watched, went back and watched South Boston race, and I guess he wasn't happy about that race either. So, oh, I mean, really? maybe he's just one of the – yeah, he was saying that I ran him too rough, that us Riverhead guys are too rough. I didn't feel like I really ran him that rough at South Boston, but whatever. I guess that's how he feels. I don't know. So, so I'm assuming there's no conversation after the race with you two. Uh, he pretty much said, I mean, what people told me, I'm not – I don't – I don't really go on social media when stuff like that happens because I don't really care what people think. You know what I mean? I don't go out there for anybody else but me and my team. Yep. So whatever everybody has to say, I don't really care much about. But yep. my guys were saying that he said he didn't want to have a conversation, so I didn't even bother. That's fair enough. You know. Yeah. The, the you know the thing is is that me and him, like most people don't know about it. Like I said, I ran Evergreen full time, and I had my issues with him there. Um, you know, I'm not going to badmouth anybody. It is what it is, but he's not the easiest guy to race with. Okay. And, you know, if you're a race car driver and you race with him, you know, and there's a few drivers that, you know, I'm sure you can get on here that would say the same thing. Yep. Um, it just is what it is. So he's, he's, he runs hard. And I feel like when you run him hard, he just, he gets a little too upset about it, but I, I don't know. So I kind of felt like at Lee, even in the middle of the race, he ran me all over the place. So it just, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, let the sleeping dogs lie and chips will kind of fall where they need to fall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with modified racing, especially with these short tracks that we're going, like I said, everything happens so fast. Yeah. So to say anything's intentional, you never, you know, you never know. But when a guy's in front of you, running you all over the place for 10, 20 laps, that's just you. What are you blocking me for? You know what I mean? That's kind of that situation. Whereas in the situation that happened at Met Adnock was a half a lap that to me, it, it was just, I ran out of talent. We got together and I misjudged and rookie spotter. It is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anybody that views that intentionally is just never drove a race car, you know? Yeah. It's easy to, it's easy to call a race from sitting on the couch, man. Yeah. yeah it's uh, it's pretty craft new thing. Couch racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got, of, I got one of those hats. For that. <laughs> Which was kind of the reason we wanted to have you on. I, I've never driven a car period. He's raced a few times, pure stocks in a go-kart right now. And I, we just had, we just saw Twitter blow up of, yeah. and it would all seem kind of one-sided. I, I don't really know what I'm looking at. Right. You know, so but you, you are correct, JB, that if you realistically, like, obviously it's been on Twitter, Facebook, social media, everywhere. Yeah. You, you have a great point. If you look at that, that whole sequence from the backstretch to turn two was probably 11 seconds. 10 not seconds. even. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's not even. We're running 12-second laps. So what is it, four seconds down the straightaway? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so you're talking four to six seconds. That whole sequence happened. And like I said, you have a spotter screaming over the radio. Three – you know, like your brain doesn't – sometimes doesn't even register fast enough to know what to do. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, and I come from a short track where I'm used to things being fast-paced, but like – That was You quick. know, it's just it, – it, it's everything. You know what I mean? Like I said, if you have a – if you had a grade-A spotter where he's already calling it, I mean – even when they came up to lap me, she was a little late on calling it on that time. You know what I mean? It just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it, you know, she does the best she can. And I, unfortunately, I can't afford to pay anybody to spot for me. I was paying people to spot for me. And it just, we don't have that kind of money. You know what I mean, you run out of sponsor money, you run out of money. I, I work 
16 hour days you know what i mean to get to get this stuff to happen you know so it's expensive heard. yeah so i mean sure you know if you're running a go-kart the go-karts ain't cheap either yeah, <laughs> yeah. you no, know no. i did that i did that realm you know what i mean a motor is a thousand bucks it's carts two thousand yeah. dollars you know it adds up quick yeah so but like this hit saturday night was probably that's it's got to be a couple thousand dollar hit yeah. between busting the rack you know spindle strut rod it was a pretty hard hit so yeah but seemed like it yeah well so i had just have one more question are you coming up here our way to claremont to claremont for supposed to yeah you're supposed to yeah i'm supposed to yeah okay perfect perfect yeah as long as you know we're we're trying to get through wall new hampshire and then uh if you know things keep going smooth you know obviously saturday was not smooth um we had a we had a pretty much a terrible day to start the day and even to finish the day so um hopefully we get out of wall clean and then go on to new hampshire and then come up to you guys right i think it's right after new hampshire yeah right? the 20, 29th of july yeah yeah, yeah so it's the plan to go there and i i think i'll be pretty by looking at the the races there it seems like it's kind of similar to lee you know yeah uh, it's smaller than lee. Lee, yeah a little bit smaller than lee touch a little smaller, bit yeah. Yeah, yeah touch smaller and a little bit less banking yeah yeah so if you can but is figure it, out one and two You'll be all right. Is it, is, it, right. Is, it, is, it, is it a loose racetrack or is it a... Apex Racing, located at 972 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire, is now open and ready to assist you. Keep them in mind when the time comes for all your parts and accessory needs for your upcoming race season. Need help setting up and maintaining your car? Their in-house staff will be there to help you out with those needs as well. Last but not least, they will have the NHSTRA modified rides available for rent on a weekly basis. Apex, Apex Racing, Racing will see you in victory, victory lane. lane. Um, so the hard part about Claremont is, is kind of like what Zach was joking and telling you. So like one and two is just this screwed up corner. So it kind of invites you to dive down low when you really can't with these things. Um, I've seen plenty of nights where we've had guys hanging on and driving off the right rear here, and I've had other nights where you can watch it, and they're just so plowing tight. It's not even funny. It just will literally come down to the weather at this place, like just whether it's hot it's kind or of sound, cold. Yeah, it sounds like Riverhead, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Riverhead. The weather changes everything. Yeah, in the heart, like I said, it's just if you, like, if you go to – ClaremontMotorsportsPark.com, like they have an aerial view, and it is so weird to see how screwed up one and two is compared to three and four. It's just it's like a D shaped. Yeah, egg. yeah. I was watching. I was watching. A, I think it was a tri track race there or something. Yeah. And uh, I was watching how the guys were. They kind of like hanging out, and they kind of like late apex the corner, and I, that's one and two, I guess, right? Yep. Because the front stretch is the D shape. So. Yep. yep. But it's weird because that's why I said like even with Evergreen was like that when I ran Evergreen full time. So that's why. Those kind of places, I might be pretty good there. Who knows? Because it was very D shaped. That's what I felt like. Lee was kind of D shaped. Yep. You had to run yeah. it like a D. If you were good, you ran it like a D. You know. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So I mean, obviously, we've had a couple tri track races here in the past couple of years, and we have usually the like one tour race a year up here and whatnot. But uh, as far as the wheel and stuff goes, it's been since '07 since the tour has actually been here. So it'll be. Interesting. Yeah. So nobody really has a notebook, and we're running different tires in then too. So. Yep. Yep. I don't. Is it is it a pit stop race? That you guys know? I, I don't, don't know. I, don't I haven't know. gotten any info on it yet, so I don't know. So the rumor is yes, but 
I don't think the Monadnock was right. Monadnock was Monadnock. No, Monadnock. No, Monadnock was like Riverhead. It's just straight through one set of tires. Yeah. yeah. Um. So our pit area. Whereas is, in Lee, Lee was a pit race though. Right. So well, you needed the tires. Yeah. Yeah. Lee was. Lee, yeah. I'm sure if you looked See, at some I, of the tires. I really feel like maybe. I mean, well, I guess the tires did help us in the middle of the race there. So yeah, I guess you kind of needed them. But yeah. I think I said to my guys that at the end of Lee there, I I almost didn't want to pit there. We Me actually either. lost. Um, I think it was two, yeah, because we were second. I think we were fourth on that restart. So we lost two spots in the pits because we stripped a, a, a pit socket, you know, a lug socket. Yep. So I never got, we only got a left rear put on the car there at the end and never got the right rear put on. Yep. But I didn't even feel like we really needed tires Oh shit. at that point. Yeah, I feel like I probably could have just stayed out and maybe held them off, you know. But I had a pretty good car, so, you know, I don't know. But, yeah. yeah, this place... um it's it's weird because it, it'll it'll depend because there's plenty of guys that like we just had a 125 lap um crate mod race up here that was a five tire race so yep. um everybody came in and put on their right rear and it, it is what it is but there's been plenty of times where guys do kind of just lag back enough to where they can save their equipment save, and yeah, yeah. be okay i i don't really like the one tire races I, I ran a couple of them this year um like a uh uh south boston was one and then i ran a thompson race that was the same thing and i don't know i feel like when you slap a right rear on the car it gives you like a false feel especially i mean maybe just in a tour mod maybe you know the crate motors it's a little different because you guys are kind of keeping momentum rather than yeah than power but with us i feel like it just gives you like a false feeling in the car and now the right rear has so much grip that it, it like drives the car down the racetrack it almost makes you get like a, a free feeling like you're loose yeah. you know yeah so it's kind of weird i mean Maybe it's just our setup, the way we have it set up, you know. Maybe it just doesn't work great with it. You have to work on that, I guess. But, um, yeah. I think we'll I think Riverhead and this place are kind of comparable as far as. Yeah, this place would just be a little bit bigger. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, Riverhead's um, pretty they consider it a quarter mile, but it's it's not a quarter mile. It's a quarter mile on the, on the outside no, wall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. It's not really. The racing groove is is less than a quarter of a mile. Yeah, I, I would say the racing groove is probably like so a quarter would be point two five, so it's probably like point two hundred. Yeah, you know, take that like five off. It's it's tiny. So it's a fifth mile at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's tiny. Yeah, Claremont's considered a third mile basically up here. So I mean, again, I know Lee's close to a little bit bigger than a third mile, but um. Yeah, it'd be a combination of probably just a couple different tracks that you've definitely had some experience at, I'd have to say. Yeah. But yeah, a, hopefully we figure it out, you know. It's a great track, dude. We got a good facility, too. So hopefully you guys enjoy it when you come up here. And um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to, like I said, you know. As soon as they put that on there, even Lee, I, we got the Lee. I was like, wow, this place fits me perfect. Like, you know, like I said, they, I think they came over and asked me about it. Um, I forget who I was talking to. I guess it's the guy that uh, does the area auto stuff or I don't know who it was, but he came over and asked me for the race and said, what do you think? Blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. It could either go two ways. I have experience at a track similar to this. It could go really well or it could go really bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it went pretty well for most of the race. Like I said, you know, until the end there, but uh, yeah, we'll see, you know, it'd be fun. Yeah. Well, cool. It seems, it, it seems like with the tour, like even my dad was saying it uh, they had, toward the end of last year and even the beginning of this year, tracks that, a lot of the tour guys have never gone to or haven't gone to in years. We seem to be a front runner at, yep. you know, and I don't know if it's just that they don't have a notebook or, 
maybe I just pick up on things faster. You know what I mean? I don't know what the case is, but like Lee, like you said, we were pretty good out of the box. Yep. We time trialed like hell, <laughs> which I always time trial like hell. I just not a good time trialer. Yeah. But um, Smyrna was the same thing. They haven't raced at Smyrna. We were, I think we were seventh on that last pit stop and same situation. We lost a pit. We lost a lap in the pits. So that kind of screwed us. But uh, unfortunately, like my dad's on the gun and we have one of the older guy on the gun and it is what it is. I just don't have young guys on the gun that aren't <laughs> fast, you know? Yeah. So they get, you know, they're getting better, but uh, we tried to do three tires at Smyrna and three tires in that little track. It just, they're just not fast enough, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, what is there? Is there an infield pit road at Claremont? No, we're up on the outside, which is why I think that it may be a little easier than Monadnock. Um, basically, you shoot down the backstretch and you go up, up to pit road off of that, and then when you enter onto the racetrack, it's over in turn four. So my thought would be is if it is a tire race, they'll basically because that's where we're actually our studio is is at the racetrack. It's right out here. We're in the tire barn. Oh really? Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so basically, I would assume they'd have you tucked up this way over here, so you guys could just pull up, literally go over pit, and then go back out onto the racetrack. But it would be like one fellow swoop of driving in, where as you know, up in Adnock, you had to go up and down aisles. Yeah. yeah we yeah. don't have that yeah. here. It could be a pretty easy straight shot for you guys. So. I don't know if they will, though, because usually so of what I noticed with the tour just running over the last couple of years and watching it over the over the years is uh, they don't do pit stops on tracks that don't have an infield pit area. And I don't know if the reasoning is through the fact that like if you have an in, like look at Lee, you have an infield pit area. Yeah. Um, you could pull in and you actually you're you're you're, you're you have a shorter track length yep. to go to get to the pits and then get back out. So yeah. you have more, you're more likely to not lose a lap yeah. in the pits. Whereas in like anything where you have to exit the track, you're trying to beat the pace car back onto the track and it usually never works out. Yeah. You know, like at Riverhead, you can't even really make an adjustment. You know, like you literally have to like zip in there and like people get in trouble. For, they get speeding, you know, speeding penalties all the time because you have no choice but to fly in there and fly out because you're yeah. just not going to make it in fast. That was almost like what they said in the driver's meeting last week in Monadnock where like when the pace yeah. car hits the start finish line, you guys could all just hammer down pit road. And it was like, holy shit, some of those boys yeah. were flying. Yeah, well, you kind of have no choice, though, because there's literally no way that you're going to make it back out. I mean, I think they made it. uh so Benadnock, it was, you can go, I think Benadnock was, you could zip around the track. I don't think the guys are doing it right. I think when the pace car hits the start finish line, you were allowed to go ahead of the pace car, go around a whole lap again oh, no and shit. then come off the track. Yeah. I think that's what they were saying. I, I got kind of, it was very confusing how they, how they said Yeah. It. Cause then when they said that basically when you came back onto the track, even if the pace car was like right in front of you, you could try to race them to that halfway point down the back. I was, I was confused as well, but yeah, it was kind of weird how they explained that. Yeah. But um, Riverhead, they usually they usually release you at the start finish line and then they let you go. You know, you could take off from the start finish line, shoot into the pits. And then as long as you beat the pace car back out before you, it gets to turn one, I think they extended the turn one. Yep. Then you're OK. So almost like at Monadnock, um, they basically should have done that halfway down the back stretch. Yeah. And then gone to turn three at that point would have been basically the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because the thing like. My thing is like even I, I I meant to have a conversation with Jimmy Wilson about it at some point, but I just never got talking with him. But even like Riverhead, I mean the race at Riverhead, I watched the first one from home because you know my wife had a baby and she was in the hospital. Yep. And uh, 
I watched it from home and I, I thought it was a boring race personally. I didn't really, you know, obviously I didn't watch this one because we got wrecked out of it, but um, I heard the ending was pretty good. Yeah, obviously yeah. those guys are battling pretty good, but the first one was kind of boring because Kobe just checked out yep. and pretty much just annihilated the field. So to me, like if you make that a pit race, like they do in the 300, make it so nobody loses laps in the pit area. Yeah. It would just make it a more interesting race. You know what I mean? It seems like any race where there's tires involved, it makes it more interesting. Yeah. You know, it gives you more room for adjustment and stuff. I don't disagree with you there. I I, I don't think if they didn't do it at Monadnock, I wouldn't. Yeah, I have no, again, I have no idea. The only thing I can think with Monadnock is, is Monadnock is an awful place to get in and out of. Like, That's I know fair. years yeah. ago. That's fair. 2015 2016 one of those races is they had either a tire or two tires and basically what they did is when you shot out all those guys took a hard left and all the pit boxes were right there and you had to go around that jersey barrier yeah. and it, it was a mess it was an absolute mess to get through yeah. um so i think that was part of the decision as to why we're up here we've got plenty of room to where you guys could realistically almost use it just like a pit road just keep everybody back and yeah, go from there. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Wall, Wall, two years. So Wall, we ran Wall Stadium in 2019. They did a, a competition caution. Yep. Which I think the reason why they don't do that anymore is because I don't know if you guys remember that race. We came down with 50 to go, and it was it was a madhouse after that. Yep. Everybody went crazy and just started driving over people because now you got fresh tire. You just drive like you know. Yeah. So. That, that I think the tour won't do anymore because the competition caution just everybody is a hero after they get tires on the car, you know? I don't disagree so, with you there either. <laughs> so that's why I'm kind of like, would they do that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, does, does the place tear tires off? I don't really, like I said, I've never it's, seen the facility. So I, again, I hate to, it depends on, I mean, you know, if somebody's loose, they can chew up some tires. And yeah. I mean, we've seen plenty of guys go out here during 100 lappers, 75 lappers, and spank their tires the first what 50 is it? laps. Is it a 200 lapper or 150 uh, lapper? I don't know. I think you could pull I should it know. Out. I should know this. You, you, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're the one driving in it, but yeah, uh, I, should, I, should, I should know this. But, I want to uh, say it's a hundred. I didn't. I didn't look it. Oh, it's definitely. A, it's definitely more than a hundred. Yeah, it's either gonna be hundred fifty or two hundred. If it's a hundred, we're definitely not taking a tire on a hundred. It might be a one fifty then. Maybe the clutch. Yeah, because we run one fifties or two hundreds. That's the lowest we go. Or we ran a. I think we run one twenty five at Thompson. But. Are you sure it's one fifty? Well, I'm yeah, pulling maybe. it up. Clash at Claremont. He's pulling it up right now. But it does not say. It just says the Clash at Claremont. All right. Let me, well, let me see if it's a, let me see if it's on my little schedule email here. Let's see. Here. Modified tour schedule. Yeah, I don't know because, like, I know – I don't even remember what it was back in 2007. I want to say it was a 100-lapper yeah, back I then. Know. I couldn't. I couldn't even like 150 venture again. Uh, 150. You are correct, JB. Clash at Claremont. Yeah, Clash at Claremont. 150. Okay. Boy, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think they might have to give you a a tire. Yeah. One probably. Did they? Is it 150 though? That's that's according to the this NASCAR website. Here, yeah. It says the Clash at Claremont 150. Yeah, my thing doesn't say. They just give you the schedule. That's probably why I don't know until the entry point yeah. comes out because they don't, <laughs> they don't tell us. Yeah, I'm like, sure they had it listed somewhere. But yeah, because like, you have the Jersey Shore 150 at Wall on the 9th, yeah, the yeah, Wheelin yeah. 100, and then it says the Clash at Claremont 150. And then so after I, that, it doesn't say know. any I, laps. <laughs> I don't know. They might not give us a tire. I don't know. 
It'll be interesting because yeah. wall wall they're not giving us a tire. It's, no, it's a river. It's like riverhead, just straight through. What you got, you got. Make it work. Maybe it'll be interesting then because you're gonna have to ride a little bit. Yeah, definitely don't go out there and <laughs> use your stuff up early on. That never works out yeah. for anybody here in any division. So well, it's the same thing at Riverhead. You Riverhead the 200 lap like last night. Like I mean, obviously Soper won. I'm pretty sure he he fell back for a little bit. Everybody yeah, was saying, and that and then he, you know, came back to the field. So I mean, yeah. it's just definitely the same idea when you when you have only have one set of tires, you got to hang out. You know, and yeah. man, when he got to the front, he spanked him. That last yeah. laps of that race, he gapped him probably <laughs> straight away. Straight away lead, yeah, yeah. And it was a sick pass too. Yeah, he set him up pretty he good. Set it, well, he yeah, tried to set him he up. Does a a lot. <laughs> he does that a he's lot. He does that a lot. He's pretty good there. Um, can't take that away from me. He's pretty good there, but uh, it's uh, Riverhead stuff, like I said, because like I thought I would have had a decent car, and then you know you just get caught up in stuff, other people's messes, and yeah. you know he's he's he's. He's he's lucky, I gotta say. I, he's probably one of the luckiest drivers I've ever seen at Riverhead. Really, honestly, like yeah, he. I don't. He's like kind of like the Matt Hirschman at Riverhead. He really? he misses some stuff, man. I can't believe. Like he's he's good, like I said, but he's got awesome luck because he misses stuff that most people would have been buried in. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's why he's got. I think he's got three championships now. So, yeah. Um, you know that goes a long way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, we uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very much. And we'll make sure when you – hopefully everything goes smooth for you the next couple of races so we can yeah. get you in person here in about a month or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely come over and say hello. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm sure you guys – I'm sure it's going to be a good show. I hope know? so, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I, thought, I thought Lee was a phenomenal show. Anything at, uh, that JDV has been involved with is uh, – I give that guy credit. You know, Josh is an awesome guy and everything he's yeah. doing for modifieds. I mean, that goes a long way. Absolutely. You know, and all the extra money that he put into the stuff. Like even Lee, I think uh, if I would have finished second, I would have took home more than, than the winner. Okay. So that, that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? He just, they, they, he's got a lot of money helping us out, getting us out to the track. You know what I mean? And, you know, whatever helps pay the bills, you know? Absolutely, so, for sure. I and think shout out to him, JDV. Yes, yeah, you know, absolutely. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. He's been on. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's been on here. Oh, yeah. Yes, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's a cool guy. I think he broke the Claremont news on on the pod, right? Um, no, the schedule had been released at that point. He the day of. He broke. What did he break? Yeah, he broke some sort of he news. Broke on some the, sort of news on here, but he's a great guy. That whole thing is fantastic. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, even even the the uh, that whole championship. You know what I mean? Which yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, all Tommy Baldwin really has to do is finish second, and he pretty much locks it up. You know what I mean? But uh, they've been on fire this year. Yeah. Uh, those guys, I don't. You know, they're great guys. I mean, Tommy's a great guy. You know, we actually his his uh, mechanic shop. We use him for stuff for work. So he's oh, you know nice. we go through them, and then uh, his his tire guy Glenn Dixon is just an awesome guy. They're just cool. That's a whole cool. You know, they're a cool group. So yeah, that's awesome to see them doing that. You know what I mean? And you know, putting drivers in the car that could win, you know? Absolutely. I mean, Michael Christopher, Michael Christopher is a phenomenal driver. Kobe's a phenomenal driver, you know what I mean? And blue just it. cool to see. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, blue it. Yeah, blue it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about blue it. Oh, no. He'll like, come after you the next well, week. I was just thinking. What, well, he did a great job in it, too, you know? Like, I was just thinking, like, how crazy is it that at Monadnock, we rain out on Saturday. Jimmy has a prior commitment. Jimmy slides out. 
my Christopher, Christopher just in. steps in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Colby's running the 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 seven car. It's like those are three three fantastic shoes to have in your stable. Did Colby? You know? Yeah, Colby ran them in that knock, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then yep. Michael was in the one. He's in the one. Yep. Where'd Kobe end up in that knock? Top, top five somewhere. Fifth, yeah, I think. I yeah. took yeah. him. I lost a bet. <laughs> I, I bet on races and I and I lost that bet. But yeah, I think it was fifth. I think is what he finished. But yeah, they've been like I said, they've been having a stellar year. I don't know where they are in the points for the NASCAR championship, but they got to be up there. I would think he he's leading the owners. Uh, Tommy Baldwin's Owner leading points? the owners' yeah. points yet. Yeah, so so he should you know hopefully you know knock on wood let him have a great season. You know what I mean and. He's like I said, it's a great group of guys, so it's cool to see. Especially he's a you know, he was a Long Island guy at one point and yeah. most of his team's from Long Island, you know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. But um but yeah. Cool. All well right. thanks for thanks for having me on here, guys. Yeah, no problem. You, we'll we we'll, uh, we'll see you in about a month. Yeah. yeah. Knock on wood. Take good care. Luck. Hope, good luck to see you guys. Too. Yeah. We'll that place is you. just good. Yeah, that place is gonna be just as tough as Riverhead. So yeah. just stay out of trouble and, and uh be there at the end, you know. That's all you gotta so. do. Yep. All right, man. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Thank you. We wanted to take a quick second and let you know about the Claremont Motorsports Karting Series. I personally cannot think of a better way to spend my Sunday than right here at Claremont Motorsports Park watching the future stars in New England racing. And a reminder, grandstand admission is always free. This is affordable family fun. To find their schedule and more about this amazing series, look them up on Facebook at Claremont Motorsports Karting Series. All right, so it'll just be me for the race recap. Uh, Zach's a little bit tied up with some football stuff going on. A little too hot last night to stay up in the tire barn to finish up the whole episode after we're done with JV. So uh, perfect segue to roll over to the Claremont Karting Series. So this is a race results from week four of the Claremont Motorsports Karting Series presented by Ace Tex Tire and Auto. Uh, the Turn 4 Podcast, Tiger A, had their big 25-lap money race. Uh, we were able to get the top three kids all some small T-shirts, so we were pretty excited about that. Uh, fifth place was Payson Steigles, who got themselves $20. Uh, fourth place was Madison Bailey. She got herself $20. Jack Edson finished third, got a T-shirt and $40. Bentley Robbins ended up with $60 in a T-shirt. And then Cole Coburn won it, got $100 and a Turn 4 Podcast T-shirt. Uh, Wonderbread Senior Champ Animals, uh, something they were going to try to bring back every other week this year. Uh, a little light on the car count. Uh, third place was Ricky Bobby. Uh, only two carts showed up. Jared Wilcox finished in the second position, broke early on in the day. Uh, so one cart took the green and won it. That was Sean Belanger. Uh, Chico's Handyman Service, Tiger Cubs. Third was Abel Matheson. Second was Nina Curtis. And first was Eli Elliott. He's on a tear in that division so far this year. Uh, the Carlton Plumbing Heating, Plumbing and Heating Junior Champ 206, Olivia Matheson comes home third. Colton Martin finished second with a one-off, and then Haley Maxim won that race. Uh, Marshall's Garage Junior Sportsman A, Silas Croto finished third, Anna Cass finished second, and Caden Wimble won that one. 802 Auto Body Tiger Seas, Cole Coburn came home in the third position, Savannah Matheson finished second, and Reese Harrington won it. Upper Valley Equipment Rentals Junior Sportsman B, Carter Steigles, uh, finished third. Tanner Dickinson finished second, and Casey Paquette finished first with the win. Golden Cross Ambulance Senior Champ 206, Avery Stockwell finishes third. Mason Prouty finishes second, Howard Stockwell wins it. Hudson Champ 
Hudson Speedway rookie champs Eli Elliott finished third. Owen Cass finished second. And Austin Harris won that one. Lawrence Painting Senior Outlaws, Justin Kuzno finishes third. Chris Carver finishes second. And Megan O'Brien comes home with a win. They are back in action on July 10th. Grandstands are always free. Bring some, fan bring some friends with you. Um, former karting series standout, little Colton Martin. We're going to come up with a nickname for him. Uh, he's going to bring some of his old trophies to try to give away to the kids in the grandstands this week. Um, so if you want a trophy, come on out and... Uh, you can thank Colton Martin and Martin Family Racing for that one. Now we'll go over to a quick recap of the action on the big track Friday night. Great quick night of racing. Uh, antique racers were there. Very cool to see all the old cars and see everything up close and personal. It's always fun to go out and see those guys and gals and their old-time machines and everything else. So, late model sportsman, a little bit of a rough one Friday night. Uh, seemed like everybody kind of had some sort of body damage that they need to fix. Everybody kind of pinballed off of each other or the wall. And uh, after a lap one mishap, um, somebody cleared to the bottom. Everybody kind of checked up. We had three or four cars scattered, and I believe we went green to check it after that. Uh, Ricky Bly, still dominant in that class, comes home with a win. Ben Poland getting a little bit closer and closer, finishes second. Uh, Cody Schoolcraft, they sold the streeter this past week moves up, going to be full-time, and a late model sportsman comes home with a third-place finish. Again, a halfway decent race once they got going. Uh, mini stocks, the nature boy, Nick Houle, gets it done again back-to-back -back after picking up his first career win. Sean Lantis gets another second-place finish. Thank God we got him his turn for a podcast hat, so that way he didn't blind the crowd with that bald head of his. And then uh, Wayne Kendall came home with a strong third-place finish for those guys. Six shooters, this was a good race. Uh, Andrew Scott, the birthday boy, wins it. Uh, got out in front, ran away and hid. Robert Shaw, Steve Miller had to get through some traffic. It took him a little while to get through it. Uh, second place, the renegade Rhett Robert Shaw continues the nickname. Steve Miller comes home in the third position. 602 Dirt Mod, same thing. A little light on the car count. Had a DN Did not start, had one um, a little bit off the pace. Jeff Parker had some vehicle troubles on the way up to the racetrack. Started late in the night there. Uh, Tim LaDuke was the winner. Marty Kelly finished second, and Jeff Parker came home in the third position. And then the best race of the night, once again, was your Valley Building Supply Pure Stocks. Uh, common theme for the night, a first-time winner from last week. Backs it up with back-to-back -back wins. Aiden White won it. Cody Sabins finished second, and Andrea St. Amore rounds out the top three. Uh, that was a very good show of respect from the top couple of competitors. They had some bumping and banging. Some guys got loose. Some gals got into each other. Um, made it for an interesting race, but the great show of sportsmanship, they kind of all backed out of it, let each other gather it up, and uh, nobody really wrecked each other. Nobody dumped each other. It was a great race from start to finish. Um, proving again and again why I believe that class is one of the better classes up there. Um, hard to beat and hard to not watch, sit down and watch that whole race for being the entry-level division. It's probably the best show of the night, usually every week at the Claremont Motorsports Park. Um, Richard Tatro Memorial 73 lapper coming up this Friday night. That'll be a big one. That should be a good street stock show. Um, along with fireworks obviously for july 4th and then the 103 heads up motorsports late model sportsman in action in city sugar shack mini stocks avery insurance six shooters lavalley building supply pure stocks nell car legends bandoleros 
and the NHS TRA King of the Hill Enduro. A lot of action going to be packed in on Friday night. Also a cone race for the night. Um, adults 13 and over $15. Seniors 65 and plus 10 bucks. 6 to 12 is $5. And as always, 5 and under is free. Uh, be a good night to grab the family, come out and watch some good racing. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and we'll see everybody at the racetrack. We'd like to take a moment and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. Have a question, comment, or query? We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us today at our Facebook page, Turn 4 Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you at the racetrack.